She's altogether ooky. This week on the Story Song Podcast. I hear the tale of all this glory. Three friends who took inventory of all the songs that tell a story. It's the Story Song Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. And a big old boo to everyone out there, because this is our Halloween spectacular. I didn't know it was a spectacular. I would (laughs) have... Oh, man. (laughs) But we got a lot of stuff planned. I would have done a little more preparation if I knew it was a spectacular. (laughs) Uh, No, but for... I would have at least brought dip. (laughs) For our Halloween episode, we're talking about the song Spooky by Classics 4, which has a band name. Perfect. Not confusing at all. <laughs> yeah. 10 out of 10. No notes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, totally works. Definitely, uh, I'm sure, doesn't cause confusion when people think that's like the name of an album or, Late you know. Late night compilation. Sure, yeah. exactly. Just classics for, with the Roman numeral, just to make it even more not confusing. More straightforward and totally <laughs> fine. Everything's good. For anybody who wants uh, their Alexa to tell them that it's playing Classics IV, yeah. this is the band for you. <laughs> What's great about Classics 4 is in naming your band Classics 4, you have already built-in titles for your Greatest Hits album and your fourth right. album. True. That's true. Planning ahead. Well done. Yeah. Because I remember when I looked up this song like years ago, because I didn't know who sang it. Looked it up and I was like, all right, well, that's the name of the album, Google. Um, but what is the name <laughs> name of the band? And then Google and I, for ten straight minutes, had a who's on first routine going, <laughs> which was fun. Um, but yeah, anyway, so spooky. Um, we will get into it in the second act. Do we call them acts? We okay. should call them acts. Act two. Okay. In act two, we'll get into it. But you do know more of their songs. Michael, please tell us the story of this story song. Spooky is about a man who is confused and frightened by the indecisiveness of a woman that he likes. Mm-hmm. Or is he confused and frightened by her decisiveness? Oh, oh that is right, spooky. Well. <laughs> a decisive woman. Oh, no. In 1967? Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the scariest thing a man could think of. <laughs> Well, also, a woman with a mind of her own was about as mythical as, like, a werewolf. People <laughs> yep. were like, wow, such a thing couldn't exist. Why? It's only in stories. <laughs> it's an old wives' tale. Don't, don't scare the children with that. The opinions so, are coming yeah, from sense. inside the house. <laughs> in the cool of the evening when everything is getting kind of groovy I call you up and ask you if you'd like to go Having not lived through the groovy era, as I believe it's called. Um, well, the groovy era is in your mind. Sure. But was, was, um, was there a certain time of day 
when things got groovy, was there an, an increase in grooviness um, depending on the hour as it got later into the evening? Well, I'm guessing things 420 and on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying is at what time did the grooviness begin to recede? Because surely by like 9 a.m., we're at complete ebb of grooviness, right? Oh, yeah. The grooviness level is as low as it can possibly be. Yeah, the groove has the- completely receded at that point. Right. As, as people are getting up, drinking their coffee, going to work, uh, we're in what they call the grooviness valley. Like yes. we things have completely ungroovied as much as they could be. Now, 967, still pretty groovy by 2023 standards, but I'm saying it was less groovy than it would have been at other times of the day in 1967. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's just science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool science. The best kind of science. Yeah. Yeah. Man, what a groovy time. What a groovy... Oh, so groovy. oh gosh. I, what I wouldn't give for just one groovy day. <laughs> just one groovy day in my life. You know? How And a groovy how kind of love. Uh, sure. But how amazing would it have been just once to be like, hey, guys, isn't he? like, is it kind of groovy or not? <laughs> right? Like, how, right? you know? I've never said that, nor felt it. No, never. You know what I mean? I've never once felt groovy. Yeah. It's such a shame. Uh, Really is. We missed something, guys. Groove is we in the heart. It. Ma- That's yeah, true. maybe the closest I felt is like chillaxing. Uh huh. Maybe, maybe that's the maybe. closest. Maybe in like the eighties. I know? just I don't know if I ever chillaxed. I know I was told on several occasions to chillax, mm-hmm. but then I don't know if I ever actually was chillaxing. Yeah. Which is which is both taxing and vexing to me <laughs> that I was not chillax. Yeah. I might have relaxed and I might have chilled. I don't know if I chillax. Mm. I really don't. And I feel like it was a missed opportunity. You would know if you did. Yeah. On my part. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm. Well, I think, that, I think that settles it right there. Uh-huh. You would know if you chillaxed as much as you would know if, if it was groovy. Yeah. Mm. Did, okay. you, did you own any inflatable furniture? <laughs> I mean, I did. I well, did. then you might have chillaxed. I might have chillaxed. You might have chillaxed. <laughs> That's true. I had inflatable furniture and a lava lamp. Okay. You so, were halfway oh. there, buddy. It might have been groovy. I mean, I will say this. I mean, there, there were times in the early 90s where it was very close to groovy, but it was like pseudo groovy. You know what That's I mean? That's what I There's mean. There's pseudo groove happening in the, in the early 90s. Everybody, there's, there was the, there's the original groovy, and then every couple of decades it tries to get groovy again. It's, I think it's coming back to groovy again, but it's a copy of a copy of a copy. Right. You know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like um, the groovy we had in the 90s was like the equivalent of like a, like a, a flat on a play, you know, that's like painting like a house. <laughs> Yeah. Versus like a real house. That's right. Like it wasn't, you just look, you, all you had to do was look to the side and you realize that's not real groovy. You that's guys think no. you're groovy. You're sitting in your inflatable chair getting, by the way, super hot and sweaty because it did <laughs> not breathe in any way. You were totally chillaxed for 10 minutes. So you realize that you had a big wet spot on your back where the sweat was just coming out. Um, yeah, you your lava lamp, but you're not, it's not real groovy. That's, that's right. all. So. And what are you going to do? Um, so anyway, things are getting kind of groovy in the cold evening. I call you up and ask you, 
would you like to go with me and see a movie? At first you say no, you've got some plans for the night. But then you stop and say, all right. He then proclaims that love is kind of crazy with a spooky little girl like you. Thoughts. First, first, here's my first question. Yeah. Would you describe this behavior as spooky? Uh, no. No, me neither. No, uh, I think he is overreacting. <laughs> I think one way to look at it is the indecisiveness where she's like, I've got plans tonight. And then she's like, you know what? I'll go to the movie. And it's like, what? Why? Right. Why are you changing your mind so quickly? Yeah. I think the other way is the fact that her initial reaction was, nah, I can't. And he was like, why? Why would you not want to go to the movies with me? I'm kind of a catch and you need a husband. <laughs> right. You're like six days away from becoming an old maid. <laughs> that library's calling. <laughs> Yeah. So, oh, that's true. I mean, I, I think, I think here's, here's the thing. So I think it depends on how long the pause is between her saying she has plans and saying, all right. If, she, right. if he says, do you want to go see a movie? And she says, no, I've got plans. All right. Yeah. Then it's like, what? that's, that's a little, that's a little <laughs> weird. But if right. she gives a little pause, like she's thinking, and she says, you know what? All right. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? You First you said you had plans, and now all of a sudden? You know, she could be like, well, no, I've decided I will cancel my plans because I'd rather go with you. But now I'm second-guessing my decision <laughs> to cancel my plans. Yeah. I mean, to me, at first you say no, you got plans for the night. Then you stop and say, all right. There's kind of two... Things that could be happening to cause that. One, she's being held at gunpoint. And <laughs> the person tells her, no, 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 you should go out. Uh, and then she's like, oh, okay. You know, or either that or... Blink twice if you can't the, go to this movie. Right. Or she's with the police and they're like, keep him on the line. We're tracing the call. Like that sort of thing. <laughs> or secondly, she said, I got plans for the night. And then glanced at her calendar and was like, oh, no, wait, that's Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> that I had planned. Today is Wednesday, so now I'm saying all right. To me, that does not constitute spooky. What constitutes spooky is like walking into an old house and being like, someone was murdered here. And then <laughs> the caretaker is like, yes, 80 years ago. And then you're like, how did you know that? That's spooky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just staring to the middle distance and like being like, there's a girl playing outside and you're like, what are you talking about? There's no one out there. And then you find out that a girl did live in this house or whatever. Like, that spooky behavior, just, like, momentarily forgetting that you had something to do that night or that you didn't have something to do, that doesn't, that doesn't really spooky oh. to me, but, but I don't know. Maybe this is just, this, you know, because also a thing where it could add up, like, like, something that's cute in the beginning becomes annoying later on, like, maybe this, you know, this kind of behavior keeps happening. He's like, this guy is like, 
spooking me out, man. But you know what it I is? Had a, I had a groove going <laughs> and now I'm spooked. But you know what it is? The plans that she did have was to have a, a seance, but she was okay, like- Okay, well then you, there you go. But you know what? I can I can do that anytime. And plus I have a shipment of fresh like goat's blood coming <laughs> right. in like two days. So I can wait for that and it'll really amp up the seance value. That's a good point. Maybe there's something we're missing here. Maybe we don't realize that the plans for the night was for her to walk around a cemetery in a long black dress. Yes. That <laughs> yeah. would have made sense. Yeah. This song was released in October of 1967. Yes. So, hypothetically, the reason that she could have thought about the movie is the movie oh, that he could okay. have been inviting her to could have been one of the following films released between January and October of 1967, How okay. to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, Thoroughly Modern Millie. Seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if she's like, I don't like musicals, like, you hang up that phone. It's tough, yeah. Not in 67. No, everybody loves a musical. What else are you going to see? They could have been going to see Good Times, starring Sonny and Cher. Mm. Barefoot okay. in the Park. <gasps> Definitely. Oh. You don't. You don't pass that up. The re-release of Snow White. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if, he, if he just called her and was like, you, you don't understand, they're taking it out of Vault Disney. Right. <laughs> they're going to put it back in. Yeah. We, we've got a short window here, lady. And then it, it's not going to be released on VHS until they invent VHS. So, <laughs> Right. You can't rent now it at again. Blockbuster. And she's like, what are these words? Right. And now again, if he was like, do you want to go see Snow White? And she's like, I've seen it. And he's like, oh, you saw it? He's like, yeah, when it first came out. And then he's like, but we were born 15 years after it was released. That again, spooky. Yeah, That's she's like, I, yeah, I saw it with my first husband on our first date. He's like, but right. you look 22. Right. I saw it in 1937 at that cinema right there. Well, that cinema has been closed for 100 years. I'll tell you something about old film, it's very flammable, and uh, a whole theater could go up, and you could be trapped inside with your husband while you watch <laughs> Snow White Burn. Okay, this is freaking me out. Like, uh, what's going on? Are you a ghost? Are you reincarnated? I don't understand. But the point is, you don't want to go see Snow White. Is that, uh, that's what I'm picking up. So, that's the important thing. Barefoot in the park it is, I guess. <laughs> they could have also seen You Only Live Twice, To Sir With Love, The Dirty Dozen, which is the perfect date movie. In the Heat of My the Night, movie. Bonnie and Clyde, Camelot, or Wait Until Dark. If, if she did decide to go with her other plans mm -hmm. and postpone that date for some time later that year, uh -huh. they could have gone to see the producers. <laughs> Michael, this bit is killing. This is really good. Guess who's coming to dinner? Uh-huh. Valley oh, of the Dolls. Or sure. Cool Hand Luke. Scandalous. <gasps> oh my gosh. See, that's what I was waiting for. There we go. Cool Hand Luke. Postpone that, that movie. <laughs> if she was so like, you could see can, cool we, hand Luke. can we go out in eight weeks? I hear Cool Hand Luke is coming out at some point. <laughs> After Cool Hand Luke eats 50 hard-balled eggs, uh -huh. is he spooky? Would that be a spooky behavior to do? Uh, to eat 50 hard-balled eggs? No, that sounds delicious. I don't think that's spooky, but I'll tell you what. Mm -hmm. You're getting a little gas ghost. <laughs> that's true. Oh, God, I didn't even think of that. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Imagine the next, like, two days in the latrine. Get mad at them, their eggs. Cool, <laughs> old, old cool hand Luke. Man. Trying to 
get out 50 hard-boiled eggs. Oh, uh, God. Good Lord. Rough. Oof. Rough. But he did I'll it. I'll tell you what's spooky. That latrine is haunted. There's <laughs> no way it's going in there. Um, you started this, Michael, with your list of movies. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about Snow White. That's fair. You always keep me guessing. I never seem to know what you are thinking. And if a fella looks at you, it's for sure you I mean, I guess, yeah, like, what's going on? Is she, I mean, later he's he's going to say she's playing games, but it seems like he's conflating spooky with being flaky mm-hmm. and flirty, you know, and also just, I don't, I don't know, like the word, just not really being super invested in this relationship. Yeah. She's, like, she's just not that into it. other guys. She, yeah. Yeah. She's a know. super casual witch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of repeated behavior because the night that they went to go see Snow White, the re-release, she had other plans. So she has a history of breaking plans with people. It's just that sometimes she breaks them for him. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know where we stand. It's like, I think you do. Yeah. I think. Well, that's a good point. Like, who are these plans with? She she broke she blew off some other people. Yeah, you didn't care guy. then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I guess he did. He was like, "You're kind of spooky." Yeah, you're kind of freaking me out with this. Um, or she broke plans <laughs> with some other guy who yeah. was like, "Well, that's possible." You're being spooky, yeah. and she was like, "All right, I'm going to go out with this other guy who thinks I'm spooky." She's <laughs> like, "Why does everybody say I give off a spooky vibe?" <laughs> uh, yeah. I wear so much pink and glitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she had to call that guy and be like, look, I can't go with you tonight because I'm going with this other guy to see Snow White. And he's like, I ain't being kind of spooky. She's like, look, it was getting kind of groovy. What do you want me to do? He's like, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I can't argue Feel with that. Feel more groovy here. What can I say? Let's say you're, you're, you're a young woman, right? And a guy looks at you. People wink in nowadays. We doing like little winks. I mean, that seems 67 weird. was a, a very winky time, I think. It's very winky. I think so. There was definitely right. more winky, flirty, winky things in the 60s. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a more winky time back then. <laughs> <laughs> it was very Before. groovy, very winky. <laughs> groovy, winky. In the 70s. You know? So nah. she lost a contact lens. Mm. And right. And those were the hard contacts back then. Yeah, in yeah. those days, yeah. yeah. And... He's like, you're winking at that guy. And she's like, I can't see. Yeah. Maybe help me. Maybe look down and help me. She's holding his hand to like get her balance because she can't see. (laughs) And he's like, I don't know where I stand. She's like, I don't know anything. I know where you stand. Stand right here so I can lean on you while I reach (laughs) down and try to find my contact. I don't understand what the problem is here. Oh, you're so spooky. Um, <laughs> if you don't help me find my contact, I can't go to a movie with that guy. Right. <laughs> it's like, I can't. This is a 3D movie. How am I, I can't even <laughs> see what's going on. One, one side's totally blurry. Um, this, is, uh, this is a 
very much a story song trope, which is one part of this couple is in a casual relationship, and the mm. other part of this couple is in a monogamous relationship, <laughs> and right. they are not on the same page, and one of them can't wrap their head around it, and therefore <laughs> is like, what is going on? This is so spooky that you're acting this way. Right. I wonder if that's a result of the fact that it's 1967, because that's when, that's around the time, like, less... Not less conventional, but like previously conventional relationships became not not as common, but there there yeah. were alternatives to to getting married out of high school. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean that's where it all went wrong. We're we're following you, Michael. Continue. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's an old maid, George. <laughs> <laughs> She's twenty two. She works at the library. Um <laughs> <laughs> um all right yeah so she's winking at some guys i mean it is it is tough to do that in front of the guy you're with you yeah. know what i mean but i guess that is the thing too where she's like look this is just a date like tomorrow i'm gonna date somebody else like it's just you know we're just going to see a movie let's yeah. not make a big deal about this and again like rachel saying he's like he's like that's so spooky i don't understand they never had a conversation about whether or not they were exclusive. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, at least according to the song, their second date. Right. Mm. right. Okay. So, love is kind of crazy with a spooky little girl like you. Spooky! And is this where there's like a really long saxophone solo? Yeah. I mean, not really long. I mean, we did recently do Hotel California that has a nine and a half minute long <laughs> guitar solo at the end. You're right. I can't argue that, but I think at the time I argued that what's amazing about that guitar solo at the end is that it's such a horrendously bad idea to do, and yet it totally works. Totally works. This, I was saying, before recording, I listened to the song three times in a row, and the third time I was like, I think we could cut down on the sex solo. I think this is going on. I think it's going on a little too long. I don't know if it goes on too long, but it definitely goes on longer than you would expect, because there's a couple of times right. where it's like, okay, and now he's going to, no, he doesn't go in now. Okay, nope, now, nope, 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 one more. <laughs> A one and a two and a nope, still the sax. Okay. <laughs> the sax player just like pushes the lead singer out of the way of the microphone. Yeah, yeah. This is my moment. Um, whenever you're ready, Tim. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> What's interesting about that is that you would, certainly in 1967, you would think that that's where the guitar solo would be. In any pop or rock song, like if there's going to be an instrumental solo, in the middle, it's going to be a guitar, and they chose saxophone, which is pretty cool. And that tends to happen in ballads, and this isn't really a ballad. So it's, it's okay. interesting, and I believe there's a reason for that that we will get into in the second part. Okay. Spooky. Teaser after teaser in this episode. I tell you what. I will say this. I have, on this very show, proclaimed that the saxophone has ruined more songs than it... <laughs> Has helped. I would not classify this as a song. I think it's fine. Yeah. Sex fun is fine. I mean, again, I kind of, you can kind of tune out during it. It also just plays the melody. Like, there's nothing too, like, it's not really doing anything too crazy, but yeah. it's, it's totally fine. It works. When you were talking about that, were you talking about that totally forgettable sax solo and careless whisper? <laughs> no. Michael, I said, obviously, there are times when the sax works. 
I'm just saying, I think it, I will proclaim again, I think the saxophone has ruined more songs <laughs> than it has helped. Now, certainly it has helped in Careless Whips, Whisper, of course. I'm sure there are other songs. There are a lot of Bruce Springsteen songs with the saxes. I mean, is really come on, good and when the totally big man wails, come on. Of course, but I'm just saying. Santa Claus is coming to town. In its track record, right? We're talking like batting average, okay? <laughs> sometimes it hits a home run, okay? But sometimes it watches a fast, a, you know, a fastball down the middle for a called strike three, and you're like, "What happened there, saxophone? <laughs> what were you thinking?" Hey, saxophone, I might just swing the bat, okay? <laughs> Boom! We're paying the saxophone fifty million dollars. Boom! <laughs> Dan's really so upset about this baseball season. <laughs> it's been a rough one for Dan. We're uh, we should have traded that sax last year. <laughs> Dan, Dan, I don't think this uh-huh. is about the saxophone anymore. <laughs> You're not mad at the brass instrument, are you? It's not the woodwind reed, is it? It's uh, it's a rebuilding year for the saxophone. I think there are two options. One, she is kind of playing a game, right? Mm-hmm. She's out with this guy. She's with the guys waking whatever. But the other part is the the other possibility is that she is completely unaware that he <laughs> thinks she's playing a game. She's just like, I'm out with some guy. I have plans tomorrow night with some other guy. This third guy's looking at me, so I'm gonna give him a little wink because maybe I can get a date for Friday night. Like, and he's and he's just like, oh, why can't she? This spooky girl. Why can't she stop this game? And it's like, again, maybe she's just like. I mean, are you guys going Dutch? Let's let's start there. Like, what is <laughs> right. the what is the status of this date? Right, that's all I'm saying. So, do we think it's a game she's playing? I don't know why my voice is cracking. I'm sorry. Do, you, do we think do we think it's a game she's playing? Seinfeld over here. Um, <laughs> What's the deal with this spooky girl? Um, she's always wicked. What what is up with winkers? I mean, it's it it. You could play it both ways. I mean, it it it's tough to tell. It reads, mm-hmm. I mean, you could read it definitely both ways, where if in the first verse she's saying, oh, no, I have plans, and maybe she, like, makes him sort of talk her into it, and then she says, all right, I guess I will go out with you. And there were never any plans. And right. so he's like, what? I guess. And then when they're out together, she's purposely winking at guys so that he can see mm-hmm. and then is holding his hand. Okay. You know, to like make him jealous. And right. so he's like, oh, he's game. So she is playing a game. Right. You know, she also has tarot cards and a voodoo doll. <laughs> and well, okay, thank you for bringing up another thing I was going to ask you. And a witch's hex bag that she puts in his car, you know. Can we also assume 
that this girl just, she just fits the profile. Like, because the stuff she's doing is not particularly spooky, but I mean, essentially, does she just look like Wednesday Adams? I'd imagine. Just have, like, <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying, like, honestly, like, because I know there were there were girls, like, when we were in high school that, that were, like, I'm not going to say her name, obviously, but there was a particular girl that just looked kind of spooky, and people were like, you know, she's a witch. And now looking back down, I'm like, what were we talking about? But I was generally <laughs> like, oh, no, she'll put a hex on you. Um, But she's just, like, because she had, like, dark hair and bangs and yeah. like that was that was all it took um to be like oh yeah that girl's a witch but so is that what we think too she's just sort of she just has like you know dark hair bangs maybe wears like dark dresses a faraway look in her eyes like is that all it's, is that all he's playing with here that ben, basically no matter what she did he would be like oh that girl's kind of spooky no i think it's agnes moorhead okay fair enough <laughs> I think it's Endora from Bewitched. I think she's yeah. wearing purple and green chiffon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A with lot a, of with a bright blue eyeshadow. Yeah. A great blue, like, yeah. cat's eye. I was going to say, the thing about Endora. <laughs> and every like, now and then, she turns him into a cat. Sure. <laughs> and keeps calling him Durwood. I was going to say. So. <laughs> this is where Dan puts in the sound effect. Just like a ghost, you've been haunting my dreams. Hmm. So I propose on Halloween. Hmm. It's a Halloween song. We did it. Yay. We got there. I mean, I think the fact that, you know, it's called spooky and he keeps saying spooky definitely could have gotten it there. But I will say that without, without the, hollow, the holiday of Halloween, and this is not an attack on this song in any way, shape, or form. I think this is a really good song. But this song would have been forgotten, right? It would have fallen. I'm just saying because there's a lot of good songs from this era that, like, you know, people just don't know. They just they just didn't. That, that, that thing we talk about a lot where, like, sort of generationally, like, one thing will move to the next generation, and then, like, it doesn't, you know, whatever, for whatever reason. But what I'm saying is, I feel like there was a lot of other songs they left behind, and this song was holding on to the Halloween lifeline, just getting pulled along, being like, "But you're gonna play me, you're gonna play me every every Halloween, every wacky morning show, you know, when they need an eighth song to play." But you know what? You're gonna pull me out. But you know what's so funny? I don't think of this now. I know. Listen, listen, wonderful listener, don't Mm -hmm. take this the wrong way. But I don't think of this as a Halloween song. I say I really don't on either. our Halloween episode. Okay, fair but enough. No, I, I never associated I don't think it with of Halloween. This as a Halloween song. Not like season of the witch or something like that. Like I don't think of this as much as like a Halloween song. Okay. I don't either. And it's funny like doing the research for this episode, everything that I'm reading is is calling it this song that that's a Halloween classic now. And it's like I never thought of it. Yeah. Well, as a Halloween song. Maybe I just listened to too much music from the late 60s? Could be? Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I just think the idea... Well, first of all, it's funny you say that, because I, I, I would not consider Season of the Witch a Halloween song, but now I feel like it gets played only at Halloween. So I understand why. And I think this song is the same thing, where, like, when we were very young, and my mom would listen to, like, oldies radio... And, like, 1967 wasn't that far away. It was old enough that it was on oldies radio. But this song would be played, you know, in January or whatever. Like, it would just be one of those songs. And then at some point, 
like as those songs got older and older and faded away. Again, this song was still like, well, we'll, we'll pull it out on Halloween. We'll play it on Halloween because, you know, again, like we need it. We need like I, Halloween morning. The wacky DJs yeah. are going to play all the Halloween songs and this is going to be one of them. I don't know. I could. I, again, I guess I just didn't listen to Halloween. That's just my opinion. <laughs> Halloween just my opinion. crazy radio. <laughs> Halloween, though, I think is one of those holidays where... One, there are not a lot of songs. Like, Thriller yeah. is not exclusively a Halloween song. It no. is a pop song that will get played throughout the year, and then they're going to play it excessively on Halloween. And I think that Spooky falls into that category. Because obviously, yeah. but obviously, Thriller comes along 20 years-ish later, right? I think that, I think you're right, but I do think, and now it's a little hard because obviously Michael Jackson, no offense, Classics 4, you know, Michael Jackson is a bigger artist, <laughs> but I Careful. do think, but I do think the same thing will happen. I do think that the thriller you, will become yeah, a that, Halloween that exclusive. You won't hear it, you know, any other time than Halloween. Like it'll slowly drift. And I'm talking like the year 2030, the year 2040, like I do agree as with that. time goes by, it will become a Halloween exclusive. Now it's also hard to say because again, I did, you know, I guess I did listen to Wacky Morning DJs. I would just get excited on Halloween because it's like, oh, they played the Monster Match and then somebody's watching me and then Ghostbusters, like, oh, and then they played Spooky. Like, it was just for the fun to be like, what are like the eight ho- quote unquote Halloween songs right. that they're going to play? Or the eight um, songs that they could sort of like shit into Horn? Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. But that's what I mean. Like, because, because, yeah, because there is no like, you know, there's no like I don't know Christmas song like industrial complex for Halloween. Yeah. It's just like whatever songs kind of mention some spooky stuff. And this song literally says Halloween, so you know they were like, well, this one's going in yeah, rotation. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it just feels like it's one of those things where like we've said many times, if you want to have your song stay around, put it on a holiday because they're going to play it. You know, right. you're, you're going to like you're going to be at a kid's Halloween party. And the 65-year-old man running the DJs, they'd be like, oh, we'll play Spooky. And then they play, you know, because it's a Halloween song, and there you go, right? So, um, I don't even, at this point, I don't even know what, I don't even know what point was anymore to the story. <laughs> just, just that I think, it, <laughs> I think Halloween helped this song stay around longer than maybe it would have. Again, that doesn't mean that, you know, there's anything wrong with the song. It's just that right. most songs eventually fade away. Um, other than like the hardcore weirdos like us who pay attention to this stuff. But for most people, it's like whatever, whatever was in the last 15 years or whatever, when they were in high school, then the rest of it is just background noise. All this is to say that Dan's Arbor Day song will be dropping next Arbor Day, which I think is in April. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get ready. It's about trees <laughs> to a degree that I'm not quite sure. Arbor Day. Okay. Uh, well, so he he proposes on Halloween. Yeah. I to like. Try, to, he's he's trying to lean into the spooky. Yeah. He's like, all right, if you're gonna be spooky, then I'll also be spooky. I'll propose on Halloween. By the way, they're also probably both fifty. But let's <laughs> yeah. continue. I like to think that this entire thing is his proposal. And she's like, this is the worst proposal <laughs> I've ever heard. It's down, down on one knee. Like, so sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you wink at other guys. 
Um, that really freaks me out. You're spooky anyway. and you're a ghost and will you marry me? <laughs> yeah. In case you didn't get it, I'm going to say it for a third time. You are spooky. I mean, like you are the creepiest <laughs> human being I have ever met. Like you frighten me. Yeah. You make my skin crawl. Will you <laughs> marry me? Mm-hmm. Make me. Make me the most terrified man alive and <laughs> marry me. You can sleep under the bed <laughs> like a monster living under the bed. I'll sleep with one leg out of the co- covers. I'll live in fear that you will grab me and pull me under the bed. She sleeps above the covers. Four, Four feet, feet above, above the, the covers. covers. You'll get that joke in about 18 years. <laughs> anyway, will you marry me? <laughs> oh man uh, <laughs> anyway uh, instead she turned him into a frog and rode off on yeah. her broom with Love three it. other dudes <laughs> <laughs> and then just winks mm-hmm. what's interesting about this nose. verse is that just like a ghost you've been haunting my dreams the so much of this is on him She's in his dreams. He's dreaming about her. She must be like a ghost. You know, like everything that she's doing is or everything that she does that makes her quote unquote spooky is his perception of that. Yes. He thinks she's spooky. It's not necessarily spooky behavior. She's not necessarily a spooky person. Yes, the seance thing. Yes. Okay. But. Yes, she has just a bag of cat bones, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. Who doesn't nowadays? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I think is kind of interesting about this song. Also, like, he doesn't know where he stands, um, so he proposes, which is a great idea. Super this healthy. This is possibly their second or third date. Who knows? <laughs> mm. They haven't had a talk about whether or not they're exclusive, and she's winking to other guys, so he's like, "I, yeah, go ahead. This is the girl." Mm-hmm. I don't know if we, I don't know if it's clear though. He actually proposes only because it seems he says, "If you decide someday to stop this little game," I know he says, "So I propose on Halloween," but I'm, I, I'm not. I'm generally not sure whether he means he proposed yeah. or he's like, "So I like I will propose." When you finally decide to play this, stop this little game, then I, then so the next Halloween I'll propose. It's not, not clear whether or not he actually proposed to that, but yeah, I mean, the, I the one thing I will say in favor of this guy is he's like this girl's kind of spooky, and I'm in love with her, and I want to marry her, and I'm like really into it, and I think it's cool. Like as opposed to being like, oh, it's kind of spooky, what a weirdo, mm-hmm, yeah. get away from her. <laughs> like the fact that he's into it is pretty is kind of an interesting twist on it yeah you know what i mean and he does say love is kind of crazy with a spooky little he keeps on saying love it's not like right like he's in love with her yeah right it's and he's just like crazy love yeah and he's like this is crazy that you're this spooky little girl um but i also right, feel like other... this is going to be his vows so mm-hmm. mm, that's true when they're getting married and he's like, love is kind of crazy with a spooky little girl like you in front of like all their friends and family. She's just like, you need to stop calling <laughs> yeah. spooky. No, his, his uh, vows are going to be the lyrics to season of the witch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. On that note, let's talk expanding universe. What have we got? Expanding. 
expanded universe. It seems like he's more into this relationship than she is. So she seems okay alone. Maybe she's got a brand new pair of roller skates. Oh, okay. It's spooky. You keep asking me for the key. Why don't you have <laughs> your own key? Um, well, I mean, if we want to quickly try to connect all of our past Halloween songs, I mean, I think the guy she's making at will say somebody's watching me. Um, I think that this guy's in love because he drank Club Potion number nine. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to a movie, which is a thriller, thriller movie. Uh, maybe they're watching. Maybe they just decide to see them and watch it on TV. So that uh, connects nice. all the Halloween songs. So that's good. So that the Hall- Halloween's a little, again, a little side universe inside the larger story song universe. It's all the Halloween songs just hanging out next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it seems like maybe she is, she has to sit down with him and have a little conversation and say, I will never love you. The cost of love's too dear. Yeah. And say, we'll sing in the sunshine. I'll live with you one year. That's it. And then he's like, yeah, we could sing in the sunshine, but that's not when it's groovy. It's groovy in the evening. (laughs) I think he probably fell in love with her when he read her diary and only later found out that she was talking about someone else. Ooh, okay. And then he was like, she keeps her diary under a tree. That is so spooky. That is pretty spooky. That is spooky. It is. I'll give it It's that also one. not a diary. It's a book of spells. <laughs> Why do you keep calling me spooky? I, you put a hat on a snowman and it came to life. Do you not remember that? <laughs> That's spooky. <laughs> She's like, well, then why do you keep talking about my indecisiveness? Why don't you just mention the fact that I once... <laughs> made a snowman come to life and be sentient and then <laughs> laughed as it melted in agony. <laughs> yeah, that part is spooky, that I admit. I think she definitely would leave him sleeping in his bed while she went out dancing. Oh, okay. Wait, yeah, that's another. Yeah. Right, maybe years later she's still pulling the spooky stuff. Yeah. How do you keep doing this to me? Just wake me up before you go <laughs> dancing. This is crazy. She oh, put man. a sleeping spell on him. You're out there on a winking spree. <laughs> a winking spree. <laughs> Just winking at everybody. Double winking. Oh, man. I think that's called blinking. <laughs> Look at you. You're I winking with both eyes. I lost my contact again. I think the part where she winks at some guy, I think the reason that it caused confusion with him uh-huh. was that she was his date to a wedding. Okay. And she was a bridesmaid, and she looks and uh, thinks that you're winking. She thinks you're kind of cute, so she winks oh, back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that, but I liked where it <laughs> yep. ended up. That's good. She was just being polite. Yeah. So he proposes on Halloween, but then on Christmas, he builds a snowman that marries them. Okay. All right. I like that. If they get married, at some point, he's going to be left with a band of gold. Mm-hmm. And she is, at most, a part-time lover. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, I have one final... No, I have a final one. I don't know if it's clear, but she works in a coal mine, so like 16 tons. No. I have a final one. Yeah. 
I think this is all very deceptive, and she really is very spooky, and she is actually a dark lady. Mm, nice. Okay. She nice. lights yeah. candles one by one. Series Absolutely. one. Can I just yeah, do a yeah. quick expanded cinematic universe? Sure. Also released in 1967, The Jungle Book, The Graduate, and In Cold Blood. All right. Good to know. All right. Let's leave it there. We did a we're whole thing a, on Truman Capote. <laughs> we're taking a quick break. We come back, we'll talk about the history of this song with Starbound Star. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, we're back. It's time for a story behind the story. How did this story come to be? Michael. Yes. Please tell us how this spooky story spooked its way into our lives. So, here's the deal. There's almost no point in telling the backstory of spooky because everybody knows it. It is (laughs) seriously one of the most famous stories in music and entertainment history. Of course. We have to fill the segment, so let's do it. Yeah. So, years and years earlier, mm-hmm. as everybody knows, George Lucas famously <laughs> envisioned Star Wars as a musical. Sure. This song was meant to be a prominent part of the score, the original lyrics being, space travel is crazy with a Wookiee and a girl like you. Okay. I like it. Famous story. We all know Everybody it. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. End of segment. Yep. That's great. Okay. Anyway, here's Good. the lesson I learned. <laughs> <laughs> so, Spooky, you guys. Spooky was recorded by Classics 4 and released in October of 1967. A little bit about Classics 4. They were founded in 1965 in Jacksonville, Florida. Founding right. member and vocalist Dennis Yost joined a band called Leroy and the Moments. Great name. Great name. I don't I know why. The moment, right? though. That f- Is it But that what? feels... That feels... How do I want to put this? Unfinished? 
It feels like it should be like the happy moments or the golden moments or yeah, the but moments of. Oh no! You're thinking about it, aren't fun. you? They're playing the Enchantment Under the Sea dance or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I guess so. I mean, this is Starlighters, but let's not. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's the, the moments. That's it's the type Marvin of Berry in the Starlighters. Like. Well, I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, I just I never I never liked that he got top billing like that. He, yeah, it's like a band, man. Come on, don't don't do that. He put the band together. I guess so. It was his know. idea. I mean, and then I guess he can't even play at the end, so. Yeah, yeah give him something. Look, he discovered a new sound. <laughs> yeah, also, later he gets upstaged by his cousin, so give him something for <laughs> well, crying out loud. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, I will say this. I guess I take it all back when I think about how selfish, I'm mean, sorry, how selfless mm. he was. That He could have kept that for himself. Yeah. Yeah, that's he didn't true. Have to, he didn't have to tell Chuck about that at all. We just signed a new guitarist. So, Leroy in the Moments, yes, it's a little bit of a weird name, but it's in your head now, and you're yeah. thinking about it, so it's genius. Mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not I'm saying I don't it. like it. I've just, I've never thought about a band name that's like, right, like, because also I'm like, it's right this second, but now it's this second. Now, like, it's just, <laughs> there's no, usually band names are like, past tense? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't like. I don't know how else to explain it. It's but made. Life is made up of moments. I guess. Yeah. Even look. now and then, a bad one. I mean. But if life were only moments, mm-hmm. then you'd never know you had one. Oh, all right. What's Fair that enough. from? <laughs> it's from Into the Woods. Sondheim. <laughs> yes, we did it. Yes, yeah. that's what it is. So the other members of Leroy in the Moments were Wally Eaton on bass, James Cobb on guitar, and Joe Wilson on keyboards. Dennis Yost was playing a classic drum kit. Based on that and the fact that in the beginning they were a cover band, they changed their name to The Classics. Okay. All right. All right. Dan, your thoughts? That or Moments? I mean... I mean, it's okay. it's okay. It's still weird. But I mean, I also get it like, but I also understand if they're like, hey, we're just like playing the bars, mm-hmm. you know, like it doesn't right. super matter. Like people are coming for the beer and we just happen to be there. So let's not yeah. overthink the name. But <laughs> I'm just, I'm excited to, to, to hear about the first three bands named cl- the classics that they do then get all the way down to classics four. Oh, we'll get but into that. We'll, We'll talk about that, I'm sure. So, while they were performing in Florida, they were discovered by a talent agent. Can I just say, I'm sorry, can I just say one thing? It's also funny to think of them being like, we're playing classic rock songs, and it's like 1965. So you're like, (laughs) oh, you mean like those classics from four years ago? Is that what you're talking about? I think it was that. I think it was 100% that. I think they were playing like what was, at the time, top 40 stuff. I'm just, it's just funny to be like, well, we're playing the classics. Like, yeah. It's like most of the classic rock songs have not even been written yet, my friend. I know you don't know that, but you got a long way to go yeah. it's before not a, we get to the classics. It's not a deep catalog yet. <laughs> so they were discovered by a talent agent. That agent was named Alan Diggs. He would manage the band along with Paul Cochran and Buddy Bowie. They. 
These are some real 1960s names, by yeah. the way. I got to say, a lot of really 1960s. These are definitely <laughs> like minor characters on Mad Men. I mean, how, how many times- Oh, Bobby Bowie over at uh, <laughs> the other agency? Oh, yeah, let's get him in here. How many times did- Was it Bubby- but, What was his name? Buddy Bowie? Yeah. Bubba Bowie? <laughs> Bubba Bowie? <laughs> Wait a minute. Call her. Get off the law. Rachel's been a prank caller this whole time. I can't believe all these years you've been doing this podcast just you can say Baba Booey, Baba Booey, and then hang up. Stern rules. Stern forever. <laughs> well, she got us, folks. Worth it. Worth what a long <laughs> time that was. <laughs> this is my last episode. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. She babysat my kids. <laughs> she, she was all just a, she was a stern prank caller this whole time. It's been in the works since kindergarten. <laughs> so anyway, Rachel, did you have a point or did you just want to nope. say Baba Booey? I just want to say Baba, Baba Booey. <laughs> Love it. As I was doing this research, I was like, that's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, they also worked with manager and publisher Bill Lowry. A couple of these names will be a little bit more important later on. Okay. In 1966, the Classics signed to Capitol Records and released their first single, Pollyanna. Is this based, is this based on the movie? Mm-hmm. It is based on the movie. No, I have no idea. Really. Oh, okay. I don't think Pollyanna is readily available. Uh, it bubbled <laughs> under, peaking at number 106. Okay. Not, okay. Not bad. So at some point, because they were playing the classic rock of 1961 through 1963. So at some point, they started writing their own material. I take it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So Pollyanna was the only single that they released as the classics. There was okay. another group based in New York, also called the classics. Mm-hmm. They threatened to sue. Okay. <laughs> the classics were a vocal group. The funny thing about that is they were only around from about like 1958 to 1965, and they had a few minor hits, but okay. they were like, we're keeping our name. Their biggest hit was called Till Then in 1963, which reached number 20 on the pop chart and number seven on the adult contemporary chart. So this goes back to my thing. We need a national registry of band names. Yep. And we need to be able to retire band names. And not in the sports way of we retire it and we can't use it anymore. If a, you, a band has, uh, basically, a band has to apply the way like a building applies to be like a national landmark. Yeah. Like you have to be able to prove that you can keep your name. Right. Like, so like Rolling Stones, Beatles, The Who, sure, you guys are in. But some of these other bands, man, like how, how awesome, don't you think a, a band now would love to be the zombies, but they mm-hmm. can't because the guys who did the Who's Your Daddy song, they they claimed it in 1962 or whatever. And so now season. nobody can ever use Yeah, yeah. So now <laughs> nobody can ever use it. So I think I think you have to be able to, and, I, and again, I think like there's a national registry and some of these bands have to go back in the general, like uh, public the general, yeah, yeah or, or back in the back in the pool, basically. Yeah. So you can pick them again. That's all. I just, I just think it's a shame that, like, like, like these classics guys. I'm sure they're nice guys. I don't mean to pick on them, but like they had like a couple of minor hits, and now they got the name the classics forever, and nobody can ever use it. That doesn't seem fair. No, to me. I, um, anyway, 
I'm starting a band called the Aerosmiths. <laughs> well, because the other problem too. We only do covers of Rolling Stone songs. It's weird. That's why. That's why band names are so weird nowadays. Because they ever all the good names are gone. There's no. There's, you can't. You can't be the moments. Somebody else was the moments. It's just not. I'm just saying. That's why you know. That's why. That's why people are named like Little Yachty or whatever. Because we're like running out of names. You can't be the moments, but you can be Leroy. So. Okay. Win some, lose some. Anyway, the point of that was they threatened to sue. So the okay. other classics. <laughs> Uh -huh. Our classics, our, yes. our friends, the classics from Florida, they changed their name to the classics Four. why what? <laughs> there were four of them. Okay. Okay. That's it. Skip right why over. they decided to go to a Roman numeral. I don't know. Maybe it seems more I'm, classic. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm disagreeing with you guys about everything. I haven't liked any of these names. Classic. Here's the thing. What? Somebody's like, we're the classics. Guess what? You're like, oh, it's 1967. There's a ton of other names. Just Plenty. pick something else. Why do you need to hold on to the classics? Because by the way, you're not doing the classics anymore. A. And then B, everybody's going to think that you are a compilation album. Yes. Like it's, it's and and you're the fourth one. It's just it's not a band name. That's all. One, that's the problem. It's just not a band. There name. is one and only one reason you keep the name classics in your band name and that right. is spite that is the only reason <laughs> that's the only reason absolutely they say we're gonna sue you say oh you're gonna sue fine we're not the classics anymore we're the classics four right you're still the classics no we're not we're the classics four right. it's different and it's also it's different it's also a thing it's different if you're if you go to a different country and you can't use the name See Yaz and the English beat, but if you if you have the opportunity to just change just change your name, just I the I mean or whatever or do I mean, it's just classic force is not a it's just not a band name. That's always been my problem. It's just not a band name. It's the name of a compilation album that you buy off late night TV. It it just <laughs> is. It just doesn't make any sense. Don't you hate when you have to buy all these CDs for <laughs> just two hundred songs? Don't you hate when? You only have three classics? Well, now <laughs> and, you can have the fourth. And I'll tell you what, the Classics 4 compilation album isn't even the best compilation album. Rage, and Rachel, you make an excellent point. It's classics the deep 4 cuts. Classics 4 is the, one, is the one they throw in for free yes. at the very end. That's the one they say, and that's not all. And then magically, <laughs> yeah. the fourth disc appears on the table, like in the close-up. Yep. And you're like, oh, I got the fourth one too? Well, then I will. Like, it's not even the main one. No. Classics 4 is not even the main one. Yeah. That's the extra one that they throw in there. Yeah, it's usually that's... not even like related to the theme of the other three CDs that you get. <laughs> right. Sure. It's right. like classic love songs. Also, country dance hits. Like what? I don't. Right. I, I didn't yeah, sign yeah. up for this, but you get it. Right. <laughs> we had extras. <laughs> yeah, we get that. Right. We got a warehouse full of them. So now they're yours. <laughs> Isn't fact, that right, guy from REO Speedwagon? Right. That is right. <laughs> in fact, you don't even have to order Classics 4. If you're watching this, we're just going to send it to your house. We know where you live. <laughs> we just you're have to get it. rid of them. Don't try, don't try to turn the tea off. It's already too late. We're, it's already on its way to you. Ding dong. You want a George Foreman grill, too? We got a George Foreman grill. It's just not a band name. That's that's my only problem. Yeah. I'm gonna keep going back to it. It's just because again, and I googled 
who sang Spooky? And they were like, Classics 4. And I was like, yes, I understand that's the compilation album that <laughs> Spooky is on, but what is the name of the band, Google? Tell me the name of the band. And then I found out it was Classics 4, and I was like, I still don't understand. That's not a band name. It's not a band name. The band name is is The Blanks, you know, or, or like whatever. Like The Moments? It's, sure. Yeah, I mean, they could have gone back to The Moments. Here's the thing. I think first I'm going to go with the moments. Here's the thing. The moments, I don't think it's a good band name, but it is a band name, right, unquestionably. Right. I'm just saying Classics 4 is not even the right genre. It's, not, it's just, it's the name of something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all. The moments, though, the moments sounds like more of a 50s band name yes, than a does. 60s band name. Like, the moments sure. are going to open and close within the still of the night, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They're going to do that step forward and then slide back thing. That's what the moments. Mm -hmm. That's what I don't doing. even think they do that. I think they just sway. Okay. I think it's, I think uh, choreography was too controversial at the time. Mm -hmm. Got Elvis kicked off Ed Sullivan. <laughs> sure. Sure, sure, sure. I'll tell so you what though. I'll they're just going to sway and play like a stand-up bass. I'll tell you what though. No you electric get, instruments. You get rid of the... And they're just called moments. Baby, you got yourself an 80s band. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's yeah. an 80s band. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're opening for the Happy Mondays. Oh, yeah. In the, in the UK. Yep. And they, oh, they're UK. Definitely UK. Without a doubt, yeah. they're a British band. And a guy would think... They're doing electronic covers of Burt Bacharach songs from the 60s. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And in 1997, a guy with thick glasses is going to tell you that they're great and that you're not cool enough to know about them. Yep, yep. <laughs> and you're going to be like, I guess so. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I just came in here to buy an Everclear album. I don't know why you're <laughs> hassling me about this. Excuse me, do you have the new Chris Gaines? <laughs> do I? <laughs> What's his new album called? Classics 4. Now I'm just confused. <laughs> now I'm confused. <laughs> what were the first three? Well, you see it's conceptual. I don't care. I don't care. He ruined that episode of Scenario Life. Anyway, let's continue. Um, so the classics threaten to sue. Okay. <laughs> We're still on, yep. on that bullet point somehow. Okay. Our uh, we classics know, we change had their names to do, classics for. We had to do the, the bad name thing. So Absolutely. Now we can move past it. We can move past it. <laughs> Law and Order Classics 4. Um, so the Classics 4 moved to Atlanta and they played bars and they continued as a cover band. Dennis Yost moved from drums and became lead singer. Mm -hmm. As the Classics Four, they signed with Imperial Records. Then, as the New York Times described it, quote, a bar band got lucky. Mm. Okay. What happened? They recorded a little song known as Spooky, which became their oh, first hit. Okay. Well, there you go. It was released as a single in October 1967. And again, according to the New York Times, the song achieved local popularity in Louisville and in late 1967, early 1968 became a hit across the country. But the band, the band didn't write it or did they? Well, I'll get to that. Okay. Sorry. Continue. It peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100 in the U.S. in February of 1968. Internationally, it went to number one in Canada, number 19 in New Zealand, and number 46 in the U.K. This feels like Decent. a real, this feels like a real, um, that thing you do, right? Yeah. They're just a local, they're just a local band. They record a song and it just takes off. Yep. Yep. Tom Hanks and, uh. Liv Tyler's involved somehow. 
<laughs> so, Spooky is both an original song and a cover. How is that possible, you guys? How? <laughs> this is blowing my mind right now. Right? You know what? It's like the moments. I, I'm still dealing with the Classics 4 thing, so I, I'm not ready for another <laughs> so body blow like this. This is like an escape room. <laughs> so many riddles. Spooky was originally written as an instrumental song for saxophone. Can I go back? Wait one second. Yes. I just solved it. Okay. I just solved it. The Four Classics. That's a band name. The Four Classics. It's not a good band name. I want to be very clear. But the four classics, I would be like, okay, that's a band. Why do they put the four at the end? What are you, the Fantastic Four? Get out of town. I'm done. <laughs> Continue. So Spooky was originally written as an instrumental song for saxophone and recorded by Mike Sharp, also known as Mike Shapiro. The instrumental oh. version was written by Mike Shapiro and Harry Middlebrooks Jr., it reached number 57 in the U.S. in 1967. So you remember in the that first section when we were talking about how much saxophone was surprisingly in this song? It's a lot of sax. It was you know written what? Also, as a sax song. But I can also hear it, though. The, the way the, the, like, dude, dude, like the way they're saying, like, spooky, that sounds like, yeah, like it would be a, an instrumental. Yeah. That the, 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 the melody... Yeah. yeah, I could totally hear that. That makes total sense. Yeah. Cool. Okay. It's got one of those sort of like 60s do, do, jazz do, record do, 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 sounds do, do, to it. Do, right. do, you can you know, you can picture the guy. Do 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 do. Yeah. Do, do, do. Yeah, that totally makes sense. That tracks. This is the first this is the first thing that's made sense this whole background. <laughs> <laughs> you play that record at like one of your uh late 60s parties and you put on that yeah. record and you, you take out a jello mold and right sure everybody's putting their keys in the bowl yeah i can see <laughs> of, course. Like, of course i got it i i'm, I'm with you and uh you say to your guests we just put shag carpeting in the other room and brand new daisy decals do you want to come see i'll give you a tour so james cobb the guitarist for classics four and Buddy Bowie, their manager, wrote the lyrics to the melody of Spooky that the Classics 4 recorded, which is now okay. the version that everybody knows. Sure. Gotcha. All right. This version of the song, the Classics 4 version, is credited to Mike Shapiro, Harry Middlebrooks Jr., James Cobb, and Buddy Bowie. All right. Also four people, but not the Classics Four. <laughs> two of the Classics, one of the Classics Four, their manager, and then the two guys who wrote the instrumental. Got it. So according to Song Facts, Classics Four biographer Joe Glickman says that Mike Shapiro played the saxophone on the recording by oh. the Classics Four. So I think there was some, like it was, wasn't known who right, played right, right. the saxophone solo, but according to their biographer, Mike Shapiro, the original instrumental saxophone player for the original record played saxophone on the Classics 4 track. It was wow. a spooky mystery. <laughs> Can I tell you the most surprising part of that sentence? Classic 4 has a biographer. It <laughs> 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 must, uh, must have been running out of bands at the old biography store that day. You had to take what he could get. 
Anyway, continue. I'm sure these are all really nice guys, and I'm just ragging on them. Oh, man. He signed on to write a book about the moments, and uh, it just sort of spiraled into... uh, He's like, so I'm writing this book Second volume. About a late night infomercial album, and I find out they're a band, so that really worked out well for me. I was writing a biography about the guy from Mario Speedwagon who was hosting <laughs> a late night infomercial, and then I just got fascinated by the Classics 4. Suck anyway, right the book's called The Moments. <laughs> Best was always like when that guy had to explain who he was, he'd be like, hi, I'm so-and-so. So when me and Paul Revere and the Raiders were traveling around <laughs> right. the U.S., he'd be like, ah, thank you, there sir. I like, don't know who you are. And then it goes right into one of his songs. It's like, yes, thank you. Okay, yes, yeah, got yeah, it, got yeah. it. I needed a little bit more, just a little no, bit good. more. Thank you so much. Okay. Anyway, my I'll name's do- Paul Revere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll donate to PBS. Whatever you say. <laughs> so at around this point, Keyboardist Joe Wilson left the band and was replaced by Dean Daughtry. The band eventually became known as Dennis Yost and the Classics Four. So wait, but oh, is he geez. is he included in the, the four? four? Yeah, how many people are there now? There's like five. Oh, right. Maybe okay. I mean, what are they going to do? Change the name again? <laughs> uh. Oh man, they really box themselves in with this Classics Four thing. I know. Yeah. They should have stayed the moments because there are so many why, moments. This, there are many. This is moments. why you never, never put a number or a year, though. So, like mm-hmm. because it's you're gonna get stuck that way. Because if somebody leaves or somebody joins, now all of a sudden it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Anyway. Or you know, New Year's Eve, your band is over. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. In the next year and a half, they had two other major hits. Uh, one was Stormy in 1968, which went to number five in the U.S. And Traces in 1969, which went to number two on the Hot 100 and number two on the AC chart. Okay. Traces of love. The follow-up to Traces, called Every Day With You Girl, was a hit in 1969, reaching number 19 in the U.S. and number 12 on the AC chart. They had some minor hits over the next several years, but 1968 to 1969 was their most commercially successful period. And they had, in a short period of time, three pretty huge hits. Sure. In 1970, guitarist James Cobb, keyboardist Dean Daughtry, and writer-manager Buddy Bowie formed the Atlanta Rhythm Section, whose biggest hits were So Into You in 1977, I'm Not Gonna Let It Bother Me Tonight in 1978, Imaginary Lover also in 1978, Do It or Die in 1979, and their own cover of Spooky also in 1979. Good gravy, okay. By the early 70s, they weren't really in the charts that much. They were... They had minor hits at that point. Yost went in and out of the music business over the years. The name Classics 4 was sold by an old manager to another group. So when he 
like I said, went in and out of the music business. When he uh-huh. was performing as a solo artist, he would perform under his own name. He would perform as Dennis Yost. And sometimes he would perform as the classic one. So I'd like to stop for one second. Mm-hmm. So some band out there decided uh, we need a band name. And that band name must be, and we will pay for it, must be Classics 4. Was it my best financial decision? No, but I don't <laughs> want to talk about it right now, Rachel. I mean, good gravy. This is why we need a national registry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that, but this is not, I mean, Classics 4, somebody wanted it. Somebody went on GoDaddy no, and I know. bought the domain <laughs> Classics 4. Somebody bought the name Classics 4 off of eBay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I just like it. It's kitschy. Yeah. Um, and he went as the classic one, huh? I don't mm-hmm. really have an answer All right. for why anyone would do that. I do like that's. I think that started the trend, though, of like one being the cool thing, like Xbox One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like. He started it. Put a one on it. Yeah. And then Pepsi like One. Super cool. But Pepsi cl- One. But if they, even as a band, if, they, if they're classics four, they can't play their music. They don't own the rights to the music, just the band name. So they're not wandering around singing spooky I, I, and I traces, know. right? I, 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 I don't know. Give me my answers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's also like one of those weird like IP rights things. It feels like too. Like, do you guys know that like the last couple of, like Friday the Thirteenth Friday the Thirteenth movies are called like Jason mm-hmm. in Space or whatever because right. they lost the rights to the name Friday the Thirteenth. So, oh, really? but the thing is, yeah. So like they couldn't they could they could do everything else except they couldn't call it Friday the Thirteenth. But I'm like, but who owns Friday the Thirteenth? What are you going to do with that? <laughs> right. As a title. Right. Like you can't just be like, oh, by the way, I have a new movie called Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, is Jason in? No. It's like I can't <laughs> use that. I can only use the the name Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Like just give it back to him. Sell it to him for like fifty bucks. Who cares? What are you going to do with it? But whatever. Anyway. Well, whoever bought it actually bought the rights to the day. Well, the, if you own the day, <laughs> that's different. Yeah, sure. That's different. If there's a 13th that falls on a Friday, you can't do anything because somebody owns the right to that day. That's true. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. You just no, curl up fine. in your bed. Yeah. Because you're not doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You cannot be productive. You are not allowed. Which really sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> really sounds great. So thank you to whoever bought that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bought so, the rights to Armistice Day. And, um,. <laughs> <laughs> really, I, I guess I'm, I'm going to make Armistice Day T-shirts. I'm, uh, it's it's going to be great. I got we're going to make some real money off of this. Thing. Well done. I'm excited about it. That's also the name of your band. So it's Armistice Day four, but yes, <laughs> Roman numeral four. <laughs> well, it's classy that way. Yeah, Yost eventually got the rights back to the name. Classics 4, and had success touring in oldies concerts during the 80s. Throughout lineup changes, Yost continued to perform with the Classics 4 until his passing in 2008. Mm. Before his passing, he gave the group to Tom Garrett, and the Classics 4 continue to tour and record. But who's... 
I mean, I don't mean to be mean, but who's still going to see Classics 4? Like, I know they had like a couple of hits, but they're probably doing. No, I know exactly what they're doing. They're probably doing those group tours that you see on like PBS. When there's like like 10, there's like 10 bands. Yeah, you got they're your you got your Paul Revere and the Raiders. Fair. Yeah, and every every band's got one original member, mm-hmm. and everybody else yeah. is replacements. And like Gary U.S. Bonds is there. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so the songs of the classics four have, in some way, become sort of pop standards with several notable covers. In 1978, Santana covered Stormy. Traces has been covered by several artists, including Mel Torme, The Letterman, and an amazing version by Gloria Estefan in 1994. Ooh. It's very good. Spooky also has had several covers, and probably the most famous cover was by Story Song Favorite. Dusty Springfield yes. in 1968. Her version is incredible. It's one of the classic, like, changing the gender really changes the song, though. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are changes in the I don't. Lyrics. I don't even mean, like, lyrically. I mean, like, the, you know. The, the feel of it. The feel, well, and, like, calling a girl spooky and calling a boy spooky, like, just mean different things. Like, it's just whatever. Also, the ending's different. Yes. But I'll let you get there, Michael. Yes. Differences in the Dusty Springfield version. In the first verse, she says, actually, Dan, do you want to read the lyrics? Because you read the lyrics first. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you call me up and ask me, would I like to go see a movie? At first, I say, no, I've got some plans for the night. But then I stop and say, all right. So she's the one who's saying it. And I'm just saying, love is kind of crazy with a spooky little boy like you. The second verse is the same, but the third verse is like, Just like a ghost in a heart in my dreams, but now I know you're not what you see. Love is kind of crazy. So her version has a much more ominous feel to it. Like, yeah. she's saying, you know, You're not like a seam. And then she says, I got plans for the night. And then she changes her mind and says, All right, for unclear reasons. But then she's like, Love is crazy with a spooky boy like you. Yeah, there's something. Because in the Classics 4 version, she changes her mind about going to the movies, too. But with him being spooky. Right, with him being spooky. Right. And it's her point of view, though. Yeah. Like she says, I, I say all right, not yeah. you say all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's something about his spookiness that's making her change her mind. So it does, like you said, make it a little bit more it's like he's, it's almost like, mysterious uh, and ominous. It, it, it's almost like the it's almost like the answer song to "I Put a Spell on You." Oh um, yeah, you mm-hmm. know. But it's a great version. It's so good. I mean, anything Dusty Springfield does is uh, yeah. pretty amazing. I mean, that was great. great. I yeah. just the 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 you know I listened to it the other day when we were doing the episode, and the, you're you're not what you seem. I was like unsettled. I was like, what does that mean? Well, <laughs> like, I, I want to be like Dusty or. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you need help? Are you in trouble? Like, what are you talking about? So, yeah, I don't know. What does he seem like and what is he like actually? I need you yeah. to tell me, Dusty. Yeah. In 1993, Dennis Yost and the Classics Four were inducted into the Georgia Music Hall of Fame. All right. Well, Michael, thank you so much for that. Uh, we take a quick break and we come back. We'll talk about 
The lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. All right, we're back. It's time for Lessons Learned. What lesson we learned from this song? Michael, I'll start with you. What lessons you learned from Spooky by Classics 4? I learned um, if you're trying to get a spooky girl to go on a date with you, mm-hmm. don't just call them and invite them to a movie. Mm-hmm. Call them, invite them to the movie, and remind them that it's late 1967, and a lot of the movies that are out in the theaters right now are future classics. Sure. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, or Thoroughly Modern <laughs> Millie, or sure. Barefoot in the Park, or Bonnie and Clyde, or sure. Wait Until Dark. Or The Dirty Dozen, or In the Heat of the Night, or most Mm. importantly, the re-release of Snow White. So let her know Mm -hmm. that she's really going to want to see these in the theater, because someday she'll look back and say, that was a classic. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time I asked a girl on a date, and she said no, and I was like, look, this movie is going to be a classic someday. You don't want to miss out on this. And she was like, all right, fine. And that's how we saw Superman 4. And... um, (laughs) That girl never talked to me ever again, and with good reason. Um, okay, so look, this is a rough time in our country right now. I'm not, I'm not going to kid you guys, okay? And the politicians out there, they're saying, look, we got to take what we can get, okay? The past is gone, right? This, we we, we got we to gotta, gotta deal with less, right? We have to accept less. And I say no. I say this country can overcome anything, right? We've done it before. We can do it again. And no matter what those fat cats in Washington tell you, we can raise the grooviness grooviness levels of this country again. We can get it back up there, folks. They can be at 1967 levels, okay? You can go outside, and in the cool of the evening, it could be, you might even call it groovy, right? Just like flat-out groovy. Not light groovy, not a little groovy. Mm-hmm. It can be groovy again. That's what I am saying to you. So do not tell me that it can. And don't throw your vote away. Only vote for the groovy candidates. Four more groovy years. Four <laughs> more groovy years. The unfortunate part is to do that, you have to block out the sun because it's really only groovy in the evening. But that's, we well, figured look, it out. But that's a Michael, I'm saying we can figure it out. Yeah. Okay. And I will, I will consider that joke would be a lot funnier if I could have got the word grooviness out. I tried three <laughs> times and failed three times. But that's because things are not groovy enough, but they can when be things again, get Rachel. Groovier. Rachel, what's your lesson? I'm going to say this. If you're dating a guy and he calls you spooky, even if mm. you're not spooky, I say lean into it. Okay. Do things like <laughs> wear dark eyeliner or carry around a toad and wear a silly hat or go into the woods at midnight and dance around naked on around a bonfire and I don't know, drink potions and tinctures and chant to the gods and, uh, you know, and the pagan rituals of, you know, the solstice and see if he thinks you're spooky then. And, you know, now if, if there was an extra verse where he explained that she did that, Mm -hmm. then I would concede she's spooky. I, I'll yeah. say once again, what he's describing as spooky just sounds like flighty. <laughs> and like, right. 
But otherwise, yeah, if he was like, and then she sacrificed a goat and smeared the blood all over her naked body. I'm like, well, that's yeah. pretty spooky. I'm that not going to lie to you. That's yeah. pretty spooky. That's pretty yeah. spooky. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah. but, you know, the heart wants what it wants. The, fourth, you the fourth verse is just the entire play of the crucible. <laughs> well, that is spooky. Okay. That is spooky. That is pretty spooky. So, um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this very special Halloween episode. It'll come out a little before Halloween. So you, I hope you guys have a great spooky season out there. Do some great trick or treating. Uh, come on back next episode. We can do another great story song. If you could follow us on the socials, like Instagram, I don't know what will we be calling it by this point. Twitter, oh, Twitter. Twitter X, XE Twix, Twitter. I don't know. Um, and Facebook, spooky Twitter. Uh, spooky Twitter. That would be great. Uh, and if you leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, wherever your podcast. We would certainly appreciate it, and we'll read it on the show. Like I said, come on back. Next episode, we're going to do another great story song. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Cassell. Talk to you guys then. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the story song. Actually, now that you mention it, the whole show's about magic. Yeah, why wouldn't they have why, done that? Why would they just be like, <laughs> the audience will not know <laughs> right. that this is a different actor. They have the same yeah, first why? name. Why? <laughs> Dick York left the show. Dick Sargent yeah. replaced him. Playing the same character. Right. There is literally a character who puts spells on this person every episode. They couldn't have explained that away. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.